Hello and welcome, Calcio fans. This is United by Calcio. I am your host, Christian, and I'm joined, as always, by Robbie. Yes, sir. Welcome, Robbie. Thank you for joining us this week. We are here to recap match day 20. We are now past the halfway mark for uh, this season. Quite quite insane, right? I mean, it, it just feels like the season just started, and, and here we are. We are flying by. It Absolutely. Just, it'll be May before we know it. I mean, seriously. I mean, looking at that table, too, I'd rather it not be May like this. Oh, I want it. But Stop the count. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's it. You yeah. just, this is all you Stop want. The count. Uh, this is beautiful. I wonder why. I wonder why. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, besides Robbie's obvious uh, bias uh, there with this uh, table, there are many people that were not not thrilled with this table. Uh, we got some interesting things going on here as a result of the uh, the matchups, uh, of course. Uh, Inter have sort of carved out a pretty serious lead up there, right? Recurrently, because Juve haven't played as of a recording of this pod. Uh, they are leading by five points. So, impressive. Goal difference went up to 39. <laughs> impressive. Yep. Impressive. Getting closer to that Napoli uh, total. And, uh, well, Mila drew a little closer with Juve, right? They are now within uh, three points, I believe, right? So, not bad. Good, good for Milan. They're, they're making up ground again. Fiorentina gets back into the top four. Good action for this week, right? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So with that, let's just jump right into it. And, you know, of course, we can't start this episode without talking about the official stop to the backslide for Napoli. They have done it. They have stopped the bleeding, at least temporarily. Not exactly convincingly, but they did. Okay. They did. They stopped the bleeding. You got three points. So with that, Robbie, why don't you tell us how entertaining of a matchup this was? I mean, because, you know, fantastic. obviously 90 plus six, right? I mean, I've I've said it time and again. It's it's just about getting three points. And I mean, they literally waited to the very last kick because, yeah, I mean, also Ochoa was making saves left and right. Like it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I really thought Salernitana had this one in the bag. Um, right. Especially, you know, Kondreva was doing Kondreva things. Like, he only <laughs> yeah. scores bangers. It's, it's I mean, not in his blood to score tap-ins. He only scores no. just golazos. And it's beautiful. Well, he doesn't <laughs> want to be boring. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you got to give it to Napoli. They got down. They got punched. But they got up. And they it fought did. back, and then they found the way to get the winner. I mean, it wasn't like a pretty goal. It fell to Romani, and he was like, all right, tap it in, and then go yeah. absolutely berserk, as he should. Yeah. like That's what yeah. you want, right? I mean, yeah, it's exactly what you want. This is exactly the kind of drama you want. And, I mean, Napoli fully deserved to win that game. Like, they were absolutely. all over him. They were like, and it just took one miracle shot to kind of turn the game on its head. And then they just slowly worked their way back. And that could be a pivotal moment in their season where they can start for their to start to get that uh, Champions League spot push back on only three points back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is uh this is much, much better news. They stopped the bleeding. And, and honestly, sometimes that's the most important part, just stopping. It doesn't matter how. Sometimes it's just ugly. And mo- really, honestly, most of the time it's ugly. They're, they're, when you go through spans like this, and plenty of, I think all fans have gone through something like this, right, where their team is just down and out and uh, just suffering. And it just feels like it's never going to end, right? Uh, just picture, uh, you know, talking about the uh, Premier League for a second, because, of course, you know, we have to interlo- interlope that into this pod, too. Um, you know, Man City was going through a rough patch there for a bit, too. Uh, everyone was losing their mind. Uh, you know, oh, my God, what's going on? Pep Guardiola is going to leave, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, things calm down eventually. Everyone, you know, takes a deep breath. And now no one's worried. De Bruyne is back <laughs> and everything's all good. All is well. Transitioning to Napoli, uh, this was promising. Caratelia looked a little better today. Um, still got a yellow card. Good for him. Proud of him. 
Uh, keep up the yellow card streak. Uh, Politano scored, so that's good. That uh, brings him to six and three for the season, I believe. Nine goal involvements um, all season. Uh, Rahmani uh, did a good job. Much better game today for him. Uh, Di Lorenzo, of course, good as always. Um, but they needed to do this. This is what they needed to, to pull a performance like this to get back on track and stop the hemorrhaging. Uh, Kandreva, mind you, did his best to make sure that they did not do that. I mean, he was just rearing for this goal. And this man is like scored five times. I feel like all of them have been Golazos at this point, right? They always are. Every single one. And honestly, like, it needs to be said, like, I feel bad for Salernitana. Not only <laughs> because of this game, losing in the 90 plus six. Yeah, yeah. The game before... 90 plus one Vlaovic yeah. to drop again, tie to a loss. Right. They won against Verona, but before that, the game before against Milan, 90 Jovic yeah. dropped from a winning spot to a tie. Like it just like, those are games that could be so massive in a relegation Absolutely. battle. And mm-hmm. it's just like, that mu- is such a gut punch. Especially oh, like absolutely. you're with hanging with the big teams. You're you might get a point. Like this is huge. And then bang. Right at the death in three straight big like team matchups. And whew, that's just that's that's a killer. Cause now they're now they're in twentieth still. Yeah. And six points off safety. Which is not good. not ideal when you're halfway through. No. Well, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, right? But at the end of the day, it's not as if uh, Empoli didn't give it, didn't give them the opportunity, right? They lost to uh, Verona, uh, so Salernitana could have gone into this game at least gotten a draw, right? They would have been um, level on points uh, with Empoli. But the reality is, unfortunately, these teams are just not. I mean, we're seeing this. We'll have another pod episode talking about this issue, but. The pipeline of teams coming up from Serie B into Serie A, more often than not, is very poor. Very, very poor. And they just cannot sustain in any way up an actually successful season. They almost always end up at the very bottom immediately, right? And this is not uncommon throughout all the, the major right, leagues across Europe, but I do think it's a, it's a more acute issue in Serie A, uh, specifically. Because when you look at Sanitana, right? I mean, there's really... They, they have no business realistically doing as well as they, they have at certain points where they've challenged Juve, right? They even challenged Napoli in this game. They, they, they did what they could. And part of that has to be, uh, you know, Kandreva, of course. But this team is also very scrappy, right? They do play their hearts out. Uh, so realistically, you gotta, you've got to give it to them. But at the same time, I think Serie A has to do a better job of, of supporting these teams as they come up uh, from Serie B. Right? Yeah, I hear that. Um, and I mean, there is a new proposal. This isn't final, but it's just something that is being talked about is that they go to 18 teams instead of 20, which I think would do a world of good for the league. Um, it would bring a little bit more parity. Um, but yeah, Salernitana just, they don't have the players to hang around. Like they have two players that have more than one goal. That's horrific in this day. Like, and one's Antonio Condreva. Like, don't get me wrong. He's (laughs) like, I like him, but but he shouldn't be like your top goal scorer in 2024. (laughs) Like he isn't that guy. Like, yeah. and he's just shooting from far because they can't get close enough to score any other type of goal. So he just fires yeah, it from whenever. Point. No one's going to get mad because, you know, he's right. shooting at what? I don't know, 5% clip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good, yeah. but hey, it's yeah. going in sometimes. And yeah, Dia I mean, is the only one. Point. Dia has four. Everyone else has one or less. So it's just like 17 goals in 20 games. Even worse, just in not involving this game. Empley only have 11 goals in 20 yeah. games like that's gotta love it right that's unbelievable i need to look up the record for 
uh, least amount of goals scored. I don't have that ready. I probably should have, but like that's <laughs> that's a wild. I mean, you have to be in contention. This, I mean, it's ugly. It is very ugly. I mean, okay, so you look at you look at the bottom three teams right now, and it does tell a very interesting story, right? Because you look at Salernitana, you look at uh, Verona, and Empoli. Empoli and Salernitana both have uh, negative uh, twenty four and twenty three respectively uh, goal uh, goal difference. The next one, uh, Verona, has a nine negative negative nine. That's that's a far cry, right? That's a huge distance between mm-hmm. those two teams. Obviously, play style has a lot to do with that, but. Nonetheless, that does say something about the teams, right? Yeah, absolutely. With that said, you know, it, it, maybe maybe switching to 18 would be a good idea. Maybe you're right. Like, maybe it does mean that uh, the quality improves. Maybe we do get better matches, uh, more parity, more thoughtfully prepared matches in a, a season that's, that just feels like it flows, uh, and we don't have as many dead zones. Because I, I feel like there have been already many weeks, right, where we're sort of looking at the schedule and wondering, huh, this is quite the quite the week, right? And and you don't want those, right? They're again, hate to bring it back to the Premier League, but the reality is when you look at the Premier League schedule, it is often packed with very interesting matchups, right? Yeah. But like that's and you thing. need like, that. Their level of the lowest is so much higher than the level of the lowest in Serie A. That's really exactly like, and then if you cut down to 18, not only is it better because one players are playing less games. That's a win in itself. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if it is just four games, but then you get two more teams of players, like two, whatever, like 20 players that are Serie A Mm -hmm. level players that are now going to be most likely spread out among other Serie A teams and making them better and those levels increase. Right. So mm-hmm. yes, it's going to stink for whoever goes down. That's the story mm-hmm. of it always. Um, but those players are going to then be a part of 18 teams rather than 20. So it's less saturated. So it's nice. Like it's yeah. going to be more, have better parity. Absolutely. Much more balanced uh, approach there. Uh, who knows if that's actually going to happen though, but you know, I, I think un- unfortunately, yeah, uh, of course we're going to keep seeing these kinds of matchups, uh, obviously for the rest of this season, but even in the future, uh, you know, I, I doubt that the head of the uh, federation in, in Italy is going to be interested in uh, seriously considering this. There's been rumor rumblings about this for years, mind you. There have been like suggestions. This has been uh, at the top of uh, a lot of people's uh, minds for years. Then again, we, you know, we've got a lot of complaints to, to, to lodge against the <laughs> Serie A, the heads of Serie A here. But like the, this, this organization, the, the heads of, of this organization don't exactly do a good job of, of protecting the league, of, of structuring in such a way where it truly does benefit from what quality action it has, right? They've done a better job of like the the media end of things lately. Uh, I'll give them that. However, on on the just the organization aspect, the structure aspect, eighteen teams for the time being, anyways, right until you've got until you've got lower teams, lower quality teams in Serie B that can actually handle themselves. You keep it at eighteen, right? And at some point, you can change it back to twenty if you'd like, right? Yeah, and I mean also. With less team, two less teams, that's more money to go around for the other teams, and that's again, yeah. This is unfortunate for the lower levels, of course. But they said that it would be eighteen in A, eighteen in B, eighteen in C, and so on and so forth. So you're going to see the trickle effect there too. So like, you will the level of B will rise up a little bit, the level of C will rise up a little bit. Um, it's just going to be unfortunate for those six teams that eventually fall off because of that. Um. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's going to be consequences down the line, of course, on that. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have more money in those 18 teams yeah. to spend. Absolutely. And maybe it, it's a small fix that hopefully mm-hmm. it'll slowly get Italian football back to where we want it to be, where it's exactly. not a 
second, third, fourth best league in the world. It's talked about with the Premier League, not so far below it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, which, you know, to be fair, as much as I rib on the Premier League and as much as I sort of crack jokes about it and, and, and Prem heads and all, but... The reality is it is the best league period bar none at this point. And it's not because it's not just because Serie A is not, you know, good enough. It's also because the Premier League is just that good. They've also been very smart, right? Mm-hmm. Just very, very smart in protecting the brand, building a brand, and carefully finding partners who support them. Serie A hasn't exactly done that. There's very there's been very little forward thinking. Uh and so when you consider that you sort of see where the, where where all this is coming from, right? Uh, even downright to 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 the point of, of some really talented players making their way to Serie A, right? As of the last few years or so, that hasn't really been a moment that's been capitalized by by the league to try to use as a catalyst, right? To bring more talent in, to bring more revenue in. Unfortunately, they didn't do that, and it just kind of feels like stagnant right now. It's not getting worse, but it's not getting better. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, and let's also not forget, like, Serie A was like the top dog for how many years, right? Two decades yep. uh, there pretty much. So the, the reality is it's cyclical. Everything just cycles through and, you know, and one league is not going to dominate forever. Uh, that's just the reality of it. I agree. And uh, you need a lot more money than Serie A currently has to battle <laughs> Premier League. Yes. Uh, yes. But with that, um, these two teams put on a show. Napoli ends up winning, finally stops the bleeding. And let's move on to the next matchup, which, I mean, I think Monza was hoping to stop the bleeding at some point in this game, but it just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen. Like 5-1, Inter wins in an emphatic fashion. 5-1. My prediction, by the way, was not 5-1. It was 2-1 Monza. 2-1 I had 1-1, one, one, to be fair. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they couldn't stop the bleeding. It was, you thought after 2 nothing, okay, Monza just got to find a way to get the next one. They had it yeah. until it was ruled offside by uh, butt cheek. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. I mean, the pen's a pen. Like, Gagliardini, like, I don't know how you could even contest it. Like, it just, like, your favorite. You're, your arm is fully extended and it <laughs> changes the trajectory of the header. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what you want, man. And they hit his hand, not even like close to his shoulder or anything. Like, yeah, no. There was, it was just, as soon as you saw the replay, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's blatant. Jeez. Um, like, that's a penalty, dude. That's and then, a penalty. And then, yeah, Hakan just scores penalties every time, seven yeah. for seven. Uh, he now has nine goals because he scored again in this game, which is yeah tied yeah. third most in the league now. I think after I think. Since but who Drew also scored, scored a penalty after. in this game though, Robbie? Yeah, Lataro Martinez. What a player! That's right. I, I That's at right. that point I did actually say you gotta have Toro take this. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's three one. It yeah. Games should be done and dusted. Just absolutely have him take this. It'll be good. Perfect. He just goes down the middle. He doesn't second guess it. It just goes in. And uh, yeah, yeah. Demarco is great as always. That pass across the like yes, just slides it across for Toro to tap in is just one Toro to always lose his defender somehow. Like I, I don't know yep. how he consistently does it. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like everyone it, all week prior to their games is like yeah. mark him. Mark him like it just in red. Mark him. <laughs> just they never do, out. <laughs> and he yeah, just no, gets right by him and bang. And that's crazy. To be fair, he is that good. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, um, he is just that good. Uh, let's give him the credit he deserves. I mean, and 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 I don't want to forget Marcus Toram again. This man course. is is just so good. Eight goals and seven assists at this point. His first season with Inter. Eight goals, seven assists. What a tally! He's—I mean—he's definitely going to make it a double digits at this point. Yeah, but and I mean, wow, right? The goal was great. Um, the assist was fantastic, fantastic as well. Just laying it mm-hmm. off for Hakan, and just he just blasted yeah. into basically an open net. Um, but yeah, and then Toronto scoring would make it five-one. But yeah, 
it's unbelievable how successful the strike partners of Lataro have been. Everyone he plays with just performs. And at some point, like, is it the player that is performing? Or is Mm -hmm. he really making them better? Another, like, just raise him up. I'm going to hype this man up all day. (laughs) Well, he scored a penalty, so that's fair. Yeah. He did score a penalty. I mean. This was his game. I mean, let's talk about him, by the way, because he, he is just on fire. 18 goals at this point. He is far and away the leader at this point. There's no, there's no competition really when you look at the uh, the statistics for the league here. He is far and away the leader, and he is playing like it. He is consistently playing like it, and it's January, right? So we're getting towards that middle point. Well, we are at the midpoint of January. Uh, we're getting towards the end there, and uh, he's not falling off. Knock on wood. Yeah, you, know, you hear that? Uh, this knock is there. Well, this is like the big spot for Inter where. Yeah, this is where they notoriously drop games, and yeah, they do. that's why both of us predicted them to drop points against Monza. Absolutely, and it's just refreshing as an Inter fan to see them be able to just score early and then score often and then kill the game whenever they get yes. hope. Um, like even when they made it three one, that was the mm-hmm. game was still it felt done. When they made it two to one, and the goal got disallowed. Before yeah. it got this loud, I was like, all right, we got to get the next one because, yeah. oh, boy, I'm a little nervous. I know Pots enter. <laughs> and, but thankfully, they got it done. And five points clear, bearing tomorrow yeah. is result with a event to Sassuolo. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a feeling I mean, go back down uh, too. But yeah, we'll me see. too. But still, just win your games and you don't have to win it. You don't have to care about anyone else. Take care oh, 100%. of yourself. So, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what Inter and Juventus have to just think. Just focus on yourself. You can't think about what another team is doing. No, um, no you can't. And even more so with Milan as well. Like, they just got to focus on themselves, not worry about other teams dropping. And if the points come for them, yeah. they'll gain ground. And you know what? Like, Inter's just firing on all cylinders at this point, right? And it shows, right? I mean, you, you have Barella, right? Who is, you could argue, the engine of this team, right? He's he's a just absolute motor that just runs and runs and runs and runs more. Uh, without that effort, uh, this team would be different, obviously. But when you see who's scoring the game, you know, the goals and who's, who's providing assists, it's mostly Mkhitaryan, Di Marco, Chalanolu, uh, Turam, obviously. There's quite the spread there in terms of assists and goals. That that is impressive, and that provides flexibility, right? Because one person goes down, you're not overly reliant on one person. And and I know it's kind of crazy saying that because you know obviously uh, Adoro is uh, currently in you know 18 goals, but still there's a relative balance uh, for the rest of the team, right? Yeah, and I mean, I do have to say. Mkhitaryan gets a crazy amount of disrespect. He does. Like, he yeah, has been so good last year mm-hmm. and this year. And the only yeah. knock that people have on him is the mm-hmm. fact that he's old. He yeah. gets it. But yeah, he is putting in performance after performance every game. Like, it, the, the one big fault I have with Inzaghi is he gets too stuck in his 11. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. Like, Acherby's first game that he really hadn't played of significance was today. It was uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. And just like, that guy is old. He's going to get run into the ground. Mkhitaryan is going to get run into the ground. Hakan's going to get run into the ground. Barella is the little engine that could. So he'll never get it run into the ground. He'll just keep going, 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 going. <laughs> like, like if just the gate race could be over and he'd just still be running. Um, yeah. Like, that's how he is. But... Well, he wears that jersey, you know. He really yeah, does. He loves it. Um, but yeah, I do appreciate that about him. He just doesn't stop. It's great. No, but I mean, I appreciate the fact that you know he's he he really does put it out on the field for his for his team, right? Uh, he, he does have a passion for for Inter, right? Uh, he he seems to really. I mean, I remember when uh, there were you know there were rumors uh, around his transfer. We're talking like back in the day here. 
uh, back in the day. <laughs> Funny. We're talking like Cagliari days here. Um, you know, when there were rumors that, oh, Juve were linked, et cetera, right? And he chose Inter. He chose Inter because that was his team, right? His childhood team, et cetera. But he really does wear that jersey, does it proud. I, I wish I, I, you know, you sort of saw this more often, um, especially with uh, you know, Milan and and, and uh, Juve specifically. Um, there's a little bit of that lacking. Uh, then again, it's hard to come by, of course, right? Uh, naturally. But nonetheless, uh, this team is fun to watch. Uh, as much as I hate myself for saying those words, it is fun to watch. I mean, 39 goal difference. That You got to, I mean, I don't know. You yeah. respect that. You have to respect that. You do. Because that doesn't happen by luck. Yeah. You don't just walk and stumble uh, into a 39 goal difference. No, it's um, double. This team's defending well. What was that? It's double plus five. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? 17 exactly. through 19 games. Yeah. The one less game. But still, they're, they're like, that's just unbelievable how many more. Like 22 more is just an outrageous number when Juventus have lost one game so it's yeah. just like yeah, exactly. it's not like it is the next best is just like not doing well it's just like no inter scoring so many goals and then not allowing any goals it's to be fair wild they're playing totally different football right uh juve and, and inter that is that uh, is true yeah we you know they, more... they sort of play similar formations but the formation is where it stops right yeah <laughs> i mean the football that juventus is playing that's similar to inter is in copa italia Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. The uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about that, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the maybe maybe there's some uh, inter influence uh going on at Juve there uh, with the four zero and you know six one victories, but you know there there's a bit of chiming back and forth there, which I'm I'm enjoying at this point, right? Because uh, you've got Mkhitaryan making comments about how you know Juve's just tra- trying to. Uh, you know, just distract from the fact that they're just trying to take pressure off themselves, et cetera, et cetera. You got some jibing back and forth. Inzaghi says something. Allegri says something. Gotta love it. Personally, I love it. I'm here for it. And, and honestly, nothing nothing I'd like to watch more. Uh, with that said, I don't want to ignore Monza. This is uncharacteristic of them. This is not how they typically lose, right? They don't do this. Um. What does this say about this team? Is this team sort of hit a, a wall? Or is it just a, an outlier? Uh, a bad game, we'll all move on, forget about it, and I'll be back to Monza in no time. It'll be interesting because Di Gregorio didn't play. He's hurt. So I personally think he is a massive part of this team. Like, their defense was starting D'Ambrosio and Gagliardini. Like, that's that's not a great defensive line No, if no, you have not. two of those three. Um, mm-hmm. so, and Sorrentino, like credit to him, he made some good saves, but he looked lost on some of these shots. Mm-hmm. Like he was diving before players were shooting the ball. Like, yeah. and I get like, you want to be knowing where other players are going, but then when he was guessing right. the wrong way, it just like Hakan's goal, he shot into an empty net because Sorrentino mm-hmm. already dove the other way. Yeah. And same with Tarams. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. you can't be having that. Like, you got to be more reactive and not proactive in that case. Um, So I feel like the scoreline shouldn't have been that bad, but... No, no, right. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it might have been different if that second goal, that goal by Piscina that got disallowed counted. Right. Of course, offside is offside. That's... Yeah. There's no debate about it. Um, nope, but just felt like once they went down three, it was like, ah, all right, let's just, we're on to the next one. I mean, you, you gotta love the fact that, you know, they just at the very minimum did not just let this game end at, you know, two, one, three, one. I personally, I enjoy when a team just goes in and just shuts everything down. Close the game if you can do it. Again, this is one of the more frustrating things I think a lot of fans have had about uh, complaints have had about uh, Juve, right? And the way they sort of play is always just fine. Take the two one, take the one zero, etc. Right? Close the game out. Just shut it down. Mm-hmm. Put put an end to it. 
And uh, Inter did that. And good for them. They got the three points. The goal difference keeps ballooning upwards. Uh, they're on track to probably overtake Napoli's, you know, goal difference tally from last season. But we'll see well, what happens there. You know, an impressive all-around team performance, I would say, right? I mean, this team is just firing on all cylinders together. This is not like one player that's above all else. This seems like a full team effort here. And uh, makes for fun, fun footy, right? Yeah, it's great. With that said, let's move on to some... Well, not fun footy, uh, at least for one team. Uh, Milan and Roma matchup here. You know, Milan wins handily. 3-1. Hernandez scores. Giroud, shockingly, scores and, and provides an assist. This guy is turning back the clock. I don't know what he's taking, but I've, I've got to know. Because, you know, 10 goals, 6 assists, 37 years old. Wow. He's been unbelievable. And that little back heel flick to Teo was just beautiful. <laughs> and that's the Teo that we have come to appreciate. I would say no and yeah. love, but I don't really love the guy. Um, <laughs> but but I appreciate oh, wow. him. He's really good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels like we missed a lot of those moments this year and maybe sometimes absolutely. last year. Um, mm-hmm. Were just these moments where he just absolutely he smashed that ball bar down. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was like, yes, like this. This is what we want to see week in and week out. Like, yeah. get forward, be able to, like, make some stuff happen. And that's all because he wasn't playing center back. <laughs> yeah, Because they exactly. just didn't have the Shocking, depth. Gabia right? started, thought he played fine. Yeah, he like, did. So, again, but I mean, <laughs> both of them got yellow cards. Um, <laughs> which, speaking yeah. of yellow cards, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Roma are going to do. Because both... Mancini and Cristante are yeah. suspended next next because of yellow cards. Shocker. So it's, huh? just like, so it's just like, really I mean, shocking. yeah, it's shocking. A Mourinho led team is just completely undisciplined. <laughs> you know, starts from the Well, I'm, I'm sure Dean, uh, Dean Hudson, right. Is going to start at center back. He's going to be, he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Obviously. That was uh, the last time. <laughs> Well, that's hey. L- listen, man. Okay, you know, he's eighteen years old. Give him, give the poor kid some time. Yeah, I mean, eighteen years game. old, and his first start is <laughs> as the Rome Derby in a, yeah. in a cup tie, and yeah. he gives away a penalty. Like it's just like, <sighs> I get it. There wasn't enough other players to like have like starting, but not what you want in your first game. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. This is not, not not the not the beginning of your career, but he's 18. He's got time to grow, time to to, to get all that sorted out. Uh I, I do want to focus a little more on just the uh uh some of the chaos, I I guess is a word I, I I could use here to describe this team right now because there's been all, all kinds of talk, rumors that Essentially, Marino is coming to a deadline, right? There's no, there's been no secret that he's been wanting an extension and he's willing to sign an extension, which is a funny dynamic, right? He's essentially been talking about this extension for how long now? It's been a couple of years at least. And the Friedkins are just like, bro, like, we're just not going to give you an extension right now. Like, do you not understand that? Like, we're just not doing it. And it just, it's kind of sad at this point. I'm not going to lie. Like, every time I, I, I hear about this, I'm just like, why doesn't this guy just stop talking about an extension at this point? It just doesn't look good, especially when you're playing like this. And the issue is uh, there's some rumors now, tension building up. Roma fans are turning on him. Roma fans are turning on everybody, apparently, as well. Let's not forget that. Um, Eduardo Bove was hit by a bottle uh, thrown by a fan after the the, the game, the Lazio-Roma game there. Not good. I mean, that is just not... You, that behavior is not what you want to see. No, uh, in, in money soccer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel though, Mourinho has created this atmosphere, and this was bound to happen, right? This was a this was going to come due at some point because when you build up this much toxicity, at what point, right? When is it all going to come to an end? When when there's like a slight issue. Yeah. I right. mean, that's it. All started with, I mean, sir, before this, but the cup final against Sevilla, Europa League. Like, you can't 
you can't be making comments like that, waiting for the referees after they're in the locker room, like waiting for them to no. come out to con- confront them. Like you can't act this way because then you're telling other people it is okay to act this way. Like, no, we are not yeah. children. We are grown adults. These are professionals yeah. doing their jobs. Like if right. you don't like it, grow up, like, right. learn how to deal with it and then have conversations to make it better for the future. And like, it's just unbelievable how often I, I go and watch these games. I'm like, I'm ready for just tears from everyone. Like, it's just like, I swear everyone on Roma's bench, not just Mourinho is crying at all times. Like just crying to the referee, like, yeah. give us the call, yeah. give us the call, give it. Why didn't you call this? Why? Like, and just like, oh, it's just like exhausting. I couldn't imagine being a Roma fan and just like, hearing this and like actually like agreeing with it, like all the time, it's just like, yep, it's us against the world. Mighty Roma. Yeah, it, it is. It is a little bizarre. I mean, because it, it, it does sort of create this picture as if Roma is just being wronged at every turn. Right. And, and trust me, they are not, they, they are absolutely not that Roma uh, Atalanta game. There were many points where that referee could have given out more cards, many more cards to Roma players. And he, and this is not the first game, mind you, where he did not, where a referee did not take that opportunity. They've been getting plenty of slack, if we're being serious here. The reality is the physical play, we're going to call it, because, I mean, you know, Mancini's an enforcer is what he is, right? He's a physical, smash-you-in-the-mouth kind of center back. And that's fine. Now, you actually, that's a valuable skill, right? That That is what you need. Now, when he gets away with constantly being uh, overly physically aggressive, right, on the field constantly, you don't see Roma fans, you know, belly aching about that, right? No. However, when, you know, something, quote unquote, does not go their way because their team did not win, they start crying. Yeah. Like, like that's not how that works. Like, Cristante, that, like, he wanted a call on that goal. Like, where? Yeah. That was one of the softest falls I've ever seen. Like he just right. like like yes, sure, there's contact, but there's contact mm-hmm. everywhere. Like like in on corners, on stuff like that. Like you can't be asking for that to be like a foul in that no. spot. And then he just like falls down. It wasn't even like yeah. the contact is the reason he fell. He just mm-hmm. loses his footing, falls down very soft, and then cries to the ref, bang, yellow card. Like that's just Yeah. Like Half these cards are for dissent, and it's just yeah. keep your manners. It's not hard. Absolutely. Well, especially when considering the fact that you know he's a physical player, right? He has there is a difference, right, in terms of who's you know what calls being given to who, kind of thing, right? He's a very physical player. He he initiates physical contact, right? Uh, the reality is the, the standard is going to be a little different. The referee is going to look at him being quote unquote tackled to, you know, to the mm-hmm. ground or whatever, a little differently than somebody who is not like him, a Christian Pulisic, let's say, I mean, totally mm-hmm. different positions. I know, but you know, the point is nonetheless that different players, different skill set, different way of uh, uh, playing. Right. So the ref isn't going to call that on a guy who's essentially a center back. Let's be serious is what he is. <laughs> um, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But this is not atypical. You're absolutely right. The Roma staff, I, I don't know how many ye- yellow cards and red cards they've gotten all season at this point or since Mourinho's been there. Uh, I'd love to track that number. But on the other end of things, uh, you got to give it to Milan, right? They, they just showed up. They did their job. Giroud, again, turning back the clock here. I mean, he's looking at digit, double-digit um, goal contributions here on either side. Yeah, and... Milan just keep, they're starting to hit that stride. They've won four of the last yeah. five league games. Uh, That's right. The one they didn't was a tie, um, granted mm-hmm. against Salernitana. But still, <laughs> yeah, uh, we've already killed Salernitana enough in this podcast. We don't need to do more. I think so. I but think yeah, so, like yeah. <laughs> they're easily separated from the rest of the pack. Yeah. That if they just keep on striding, like they can start to push 
Juventus and then eventually Inter, like, is that's right. They keep winning because, say, Juventus drop points tomorrow. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they're four or five points back of Juventus. Exactly. The same gap that they would be to Juventus would be to Inter. So I don't see why Milan can't close that gap as much as Juve can close the gap to Inter. Um, That's right. But really, it's a three horse race. I wouldn't say Milan are out of the title race, but they're not in it. It's just like they're lingering. If one yeah, of the top yeah, two are. start to mm-hmm. struggle, they can be there to to hop in. They also have the head-to-head games, which are crucial in this race. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Well, it's, it's sort of interesting. Like you look at their records too, right? And, and you sort of talking. You were talking about the idea that they they are they're not right now. They're sort of lingering. They're not really in a title race, right? And you look at the records. I mean, Inter is sixteen three and one. Uh, Juve is fourteen four and one. Uh, Milan is thirteen three and four. Those three losses add up, right? Yeah. Of, of course, for and sure. They take they take a huge hit. Uh, that's nine points lost right there. So when you consider the impact of that. And they've lost some some games they definitely should have won, right? So well, it's going to be interesting to see, right? I mean, because obviously there's plenty of time left here. There's 18 more weeks to go after this. So there's plenty of time for them to, to perform, right? To keep performing and for Juve or Inter to start slowing down a little bit, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season. Uh, I do want to point out Pulisic didn't you know, have any goal contributions in this game, but he did play very well nonetheless. Um, he played well, Lau played well. It was a convincing victory. You wanted to see this from Milan uh, against Roma, right? This was a statement kind of victory that they're not out, right? They're they're in this race. They're not just giving up and move, you know, sort of uh, sticking for a, a top four position. Yeah, and you said it best. Like, yeah, Pulisic and Lau didn't get on the stat sheet, but when you watch the game, you're like, okay, these guys are involved. Like they're yeah. like, yes, it was ultimately Drew who's getting the goal, getting the assist, but they were involved. They were creating chances. And this Milan team is a fun team to watch. It yeah, looked, they they're like a combination of Inter and Juve. Like they're not as defensively sound, mm-hmm. but they're much more like Inter attacking wise than Inter. Just a nice, <laughs> nice fun mixture, like because they're tied on goal differential, like with Juventus. Yeah. They just have mm-hmm. nine more goals scored, nine more goals conceded, more yeah. vibey. We love that. A little more vibey. Love yeah, vibes. That, that, that term is accurate. Yeah, vibey. Uh, very, very accurate. Well, I mean, this uh, this team is hopefully going to keep going down this path because, I mean, honestly, who doesn't want the kind of a uh, sort of photo finish at the end of the season, right? Of an Inter, Juve, Milan matchup uh, where they're sort of duking it out for top three dominance, right? Uh, And then how good would it be if Napoli crawled back into the top four and it was just a four-way horse race to to get to the top there, right? We'd love to see it. Yeah. I mean, that is... That would be fantastic. That'd uh, be absolutely fantastic. It's exactly what you want as a Serie A fan is you and for oh, the league, like just to get the league more views is I guess is the absolutely. best word. Like a tight finish uh, for top four for the league mm-hmm. is going to get more people to watch, which is great. Competitiveness is key. Too many of these leagues have one winner every year. And it's yeah. It's great that this league is actually after the Juventus nine in a row. Um, right. We've had a new winner every year. So yeah. it's like, okay, that's what we want to see. I mean, not as like an individual fan. Inter, I want to win every year. But <laughs> like from a Serie A standpoint, this is great. Like, yeah, yeah. We're having every team, like more teams win, which is good. No, that's Parity. Right. Absolutely. Parity is so important. But like that, you know, it's sort of also just something to keep in mind while we we you know discuss all this too is we have not heard anything about next season's TV rights. There's currently no U.S. TV rights holder for next season. This is it. Like right now, I mean, yeah, you know, and the the hope is that Paramount keeps it. Right? They've done a good job with it, so the hope is they keep it. But I'm just wondering 
why it's taking this long. Because I mean, okay, I I know the the you know there we still got eighteen weeks to go, <laughs> but it's not that far off, right? We're not talking so far off that you know you've got you got some time to play around here. If it's not Paramount Plus, let's say it's Apple, right? But the sort of the dark horse has been rumored to be looking for more sports rights. How are they going to get everything set up and running in, in a matter of what months there? They did it pretty quick in uh, MLS. Apple did at least. They did. I suppose they signed fair. in December, I think, and season started February, and they were good to go. So hopefully they can do maybe, the same. Maybe it'd be similar. I imagine the infrastructure is quite different in Italy rather than U.S. stadiums. Um, but maybe. It is bizarre, though. Not going to lie. Very odd. It's a little concerning that we've yet yeah. to hear anything about that. Very concerning. You'd imagine that Paramount would probably want to renew. They're putting a lot of yeah. money into They just have a new CBS Sports Colossal right. Network. Exactly. So that is another. Serie A is probably their biggest outside Champions League, of course. That's the big ticket. But Serie A is their next big ticket. Um so yeah, I imagine they're gonna hopefully get it signed before the season ends because really don't want to wait till the last second and then just have games not being broadcast. We are in twenty twenty four. Uh just get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh the results of that, who the heck knows? I mean, we, we obviously had a bit of a conversation about the fact that the the tv rights in italy that they, they sold this last round uh were disappointing uh very disappointing but at the very minimum they, they they did not fall too drastically off of what they expected uh with that though let's transition to just a bit of a recap of uh the kobe Italia matchups that we saw just a quick uh run through uh I'll start off with the fiorentina bologna matchup this ended up in a penalty shootout Stefan Posh uh, misses. That is the end result of this game. Fiorentina capitalize. Maxime Lopez, uh, well, he scores. Yeah, I mean, watching that shootout, it seemed like no one was going to miss. Uh, <laughs> like, Yeri Mina could be one of my most disliked players. <laughs> I do not like him. But he came up, and I'm like, yeah, here we go. This is the pen that gets missed because I don't like this guy. And it was one of the best penalties you could possibly hit. <laughs> he smashed that thing into the corner. I was like, wow, like you got to be kidding. And then, of course, he went to the side, did his little dance. Like, all right, Yeri. Hey, you got to see you, gotta, you later. You got to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, bye. Yeah. Seen enough. And then, and then yeah, and then, then the next yeah. miss, they missed. But uh, tough for Bologna. Because yeah, very a Fiorentina matchup is a winnable matchup, and mm-hmm. Bologna are not trending in the right direction. No, no, not at all. They are uh, looking a little iffy right now. Might might be that the the steam's running out a little bit because I mean they mm-hmm. if Udinese right they lost three zero against Udinese there. That's that wasn't a good matchup. Uh, Good result. Uh, and then drawing against uh, Genoa, not good. You expect more. You know, penalty shootout, shootouts, they, this happens. Um, we've talked about this before. It's a skill. Taking a penalty is a skill. And penalty shootouts sometimes go your way and sometimes they don't. They really are just... They, they can be cruel. Yes. They can really be cruel. But you could have just won it in the first 120 minutes. 100%. So it's like That's any, t- any team that loses in the penalty yeah. shootout, you could have mm-hmm. won it beforehand. That's on yeah. you for not winning it beforehand. You let it, it go to penalties. So like that's how I always... Especially when they played pretty like, well. Yeah, like they played well. I mean, Fiorentina also played well. So like yeah, 0-0, zero, zero, like a tie game felt deserved. Like that was fine. Right. Um, but still, both teams had their chances. Whoever lost the yeah. game is gonna feel like, yep, we could have taken our chances and won the game, but yeah. we didn't. So unfortunate for Bologna. Great for Fiorentina. They're back in the semifinal again, which is exciting. Yeah, maybe this yeah, is the absolutely. year. 
just setting up some interesting matchups there. I mean, when when you look at the uh, the overall structure, and we'll talk about that uh, in in a little bit. But uh, with that, let's uh, let's move on to the Milan Atalanta matchup, which resulted in two Cup uh, goals. This guy's on fire. He he scores just uh, it seems like every week at this point, right? Um, Atlanta win. Uh, it's not like Milan were playing down here, mind you. By the way, uh, they they weren't exactly playing down like the, the secondary lineup, uh, so to speak. Here, Pulisic was playing, Lau was playing, Hernandez was playing. Granted, as a center back, and uh, Jovic has put out some good results recently, but they just couldn't. Uh, they couldn't do it. Uh, Atalanta came came up uh, with the victory here. So what are we making of this game? Yeah, Atalanta are playing really well, really good football lately. Um, I do think it was funny that the first cop goal um, was a nice uh, FIFA-esque goal that right from kickoff, Milan didn't touch the ball <laughs> once, and it was already tied 30 seconds later. Like, it was just, oh, they outscored. Yeah. Just the glitch. Immediately, they kicked the ball back five, six passes. I don't know what the actual number yeah. was, but bang in the back of the net. And you're like, well, all right, we're back to a tie game. And then it was halftime. <laughs> it was just like, was this wow. like a, was this like a FIFA memory for you? Like just like remembering yeah, you scarred. Know, what's happening. And I online? actually saw some tweet about it and I was just like, yeah, that, that, yep. I'm scarred from that. So that, yep. I'm going to mention it. Been um, there. Been there for sure. That's a good point. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget uh Gasparini red card, uh, you know, because why not? Right. Yeah. Why not? Might as well. I mean, his team's winning, so yeah. let's just end this in style. But now if you're at Atlanta, like that's – if you would have told them, hey, you're in the semifinal and you're getting Fiorentina out of inter-bracket, yeah. like that's that's a desired result. Fiorentina are good. That'll be a fun semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no like clear favorite there. No. Um, I feel like that – yeah, and then Juventus get, get Lazio on the other end. We'll talk about yeah. those games too. Well, do you, so what do you make of Milan's performance on this game? Because, you know, as I mentioned, it, this is not exactly, they're not playing down, right? They're, they're not playing their B team here and by any stretch of the imagination, right? So what are we making of their performance? For me, it was just, they missed Giroud. Like, he just yeah. connects so many things offensively, even right. if he isn't the one who ultimately gets the goal or assist. It just feels like mm-hmm. he's always intertwined. And he has such good chemistry with every single one of these players that as soon as you take him out, it just feels like a little bit lesser of a lineup. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we talked about this right earlier that Drew is just uh, absolutely impressive. I mean, I can't even understand how a 37-year-old is playing as well as he is. Uh, Ten goals, mind you. Uh, and, And they definitely did miss that in this game. But... You know, they did rebound, right? Uh, so what does it matter at this point, right? The Kobe Tiger probably isn't at the at their top of their wish list. They want the Scudetto. That is the number one thing they want. That's what everybody wants. It's the Scudetto. The second star. That's right. So you know what? Realistically speaking, they probably are just chasing that, and, and it's, it's sort of low priority, this. If they got it, great. If they didn't, you know, oh, well. Uh, as far as Juve is concerned, well, you know, we're, that's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. So we got to just, we got to fight for the one thing we got here. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's Coppa Italia and Scudetto. So we're chasing, we're chasing Inter, right? Um, but with that said, uh, let's transition to matchup, which we talked about briefly uh, earlier, the Lazio-Roma matchup. And you mentioned Juve's uh, center back. Dean Hoyson, responsible for the penalty. Tell yeah. us more. I mean, this was an ugly, ugly game. And yes, to, and just like yeah. there was nothing. There was no there wasn't like exciting play. It was just foul, no. foul, foul, mm-hmm. etc. for 90 minutes. And there was a penalty and then they scored. Like it wasn't yeah. even like, oh, there was an exciting goal. Like it just had no. to be a penalty because that's how it had to be. Yep. And yeah, it's a tough spot to put um put Hoishin in. Yeah. Like his first appearance for the club is in a derby against Lazio. Yeah. And it is. It's very hard. And it's just a tough ask. 
maybe it was too big of a moment for him. And Lazio mm-hmm. move on again. They just feel like they have the number of Roma. Um, they do. Like, yeah. I mean, it was a very ugly game. One of the ugliest games very- you could watch. It's typical, right? There's a lot of bad blood between these two teams. There always is, always has been. That's part of what makes it so watchable, right? Yeah. I mean, it's 0-0 zero, zero games or low-scoring games mm-hmm. can be entertaining. Yeah. Of course it can. This wasn't one of those. <laughs> like, no, I get it. If because of the way Roma played now. Like, you have, like, blood in it, like you're a Lazio guy or girl or a Roma guy yeah. or girl, like, you can have fun with it. That's fine. But yeah. like from a neutral, this was, <sighs> yeah, that was a, that Not was a tough watch. And like, it's just like Pedro got a red <laughs> as moon got a red Mancini <laughs> yeah. got a red. Like yeah. Dante got a yellow Castellan Tati got a yellow Guendouzi got a yellow Pellegrini got a yellow. <laughs> it's endless. You gotta love it. Like unbelievable stuff. You gotta love the Mancini red. That's his first red of the season. That is impressive. That is honestly, isn't it? Like, right? That's like exactly you just get what so many yellows that you know you <laughs> figured at some point he'd get another. But maybe once he gets the yellow, he knows not to push the boundary anymore. Most of the time, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, it, this is just how this team plays, right? We've said this before. Roma plays like this. This is their identity now. They try to play the bully game. The problem with playing exclusively a game that's exclusively wrapped in that bully attire, it doesn't work because you're one-dimensional. You're left essentially vulnerable against teams that even have remotely any skill, right? And let's not forget, like Lazio do have some skill. And Zakani is a good player. He went there, did the job. He got the goal, penalty or not, right? And this Lazio team played much, much better, I think, than Roma did, uh, to be frank. So, generally speaking, Dybala was not there. Lukaku wasn't there. This was just a very, very bad game. Yeah, and, and uh, Dybala got hurt again. Ugly. Right. Yeah, like go figure. He got right? off in the 46th minute. Like, just didn't play against Milan. Like, it just it's there he goes the again. story of his career. And that's it's unfortunate because he's such a good player. But I know he is right. always hurt constantly. Like it's never like he can never string three or four games together. It's no. one game, two games hurt, one game, two game hurt, etc. Just keeps going. And then Lukaku without another creative player, he just is lacking. Yes, he, he is absolutely he, lacking. Like it just, it's not impressive. It just feels like bland soccer. Yeah, it does. Uh, it doesn't really, in any way, shape, or form, you look at this, the way that Dybala has sort of been available for the Roma team, right? And it makes it really hard to look at what Juventus did and letting him go as a bad idea or a bad decision, right? You think about this and you say, yeah, of course, right? Those moments you're talking about, like the glimpses are just, wow, like breathtaking, right? You think just, can you imagine if he could just stay healthy, right? But he can't. Yeah, at this point, he probably won't. He's 30. Like, right? is he really going to be able to put it together? Like, he's played in 13 games for the league, yeah. which is probably more than expected out of the ninth, out of the 20. But right. five goals, six assists, like, that's a really good number per game. It is. But absolutely. The seven missed matches is exactly why people are hesitant on him. Absolutely. But, you know, with that, we will move on to the uh, most entertaining and most unexpectedly entertaining game of the matchup. And I only say entertaining because, you know, Juve wins 4 0, by the way. Uh, but Juventus Frosinona, 4 0. Uh, Milik gets his uh, hat trick. And just a little fun fact here. Last player to get a hat trick for Juventus was who? Who was it, Robbie? Tell me. I Can would you imagine Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, that was him. You know, you want to know when? No. I, in the year uh, 2024, 2018. right now? 
2021. Not that far ah. back. 2021. Uh, still pretty far back, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a decent ways back there. Uh, doesn't say good things there, but, you know, whatever. Okay. He got it. Hat trick. Well-deserved to him. He got the game ball. Fantastic. Juve played well. They shut this game out, right? They came in and just punched Frosinone in the mouth, and they continued and continued and continued. They didn't stop. Yeah. Which is what I want to see. I think everyone wants to see this. The reality is we've talked about this over and over again. When you're a Juventus, when you're an Inter, when you're a Milan, you should be playing against these smaller teams like this. This is what you should be getting. There shouldn't be... I mean, again, if they're stronger, obviously, right? It's going to be tougher. But when you're playing a Frosinone that's emaciated, you absolutely need to pull pull a performance like this. And they did. Fantastic job. All around great play. McKenney had two great assists. Locatelli contributed another assist. Uh, overall, I, I would say that the team played well. But if I had to exclude one person besides Milik, of course, you know who it's going to be? Weston McKenney. No, that's not <laughs> no, of course, of course. Thank you very much for throwing me off there. No, yielded, sir. Yielded. The 18-year-old wonder. Four starts and three goals. You've got to give it to this kid. I mean, this is impressive, right? Yeah. I didn't expect this out of him. Of course not. I mean, you should never expect that out of, like, I mean, he's an 18-year-old, and then he's playing out of his mind right now. And you just got to hope, right. as a Juve fan, that he would keep it up. Um, that yeah. goal, the ball from Weston was unbelievable. That's Man, the only reason I, I made know. that joke. Like, that was such a good ball <laughs> that I didn't it even was. know it was in his it repertoire. Was. Like, he just yep. smashed that across the field. I was like, wow, that was okay. And then back in the net, bang, there you go, 4-0. But, yeah, this is exactly what you want to see when you're watching Juventus. You need to see them close these games out and just yeah. kill the opponent. Yep. Don't leave no doubt. Do not no. give the other team a chance that, oh, maybe we can tie this thing up. Exactly. Like, exactly don't right. give them that hope. Just kill the game. No. Just playing with offense is just so much better for the heart. <laughs> like, like years <laughs> on our lives down yeah, the, yeah, that's true. in the future. You know, the stress. <laughs> you know? Man, they, they've definitely been putting that thing through the, through the ringer lately. But, <laughs> you know, the, this one was not one of those games. Uh, nope. Serenita in the matchup, and this one was definitely one, not one of those games. I've got to give it to them. They showed up. But, uh, you know, just posed some interesting uh, questions, right, uh, which we'll cover right right after this. Uh, I just wanted to sort of provide a bit of a preview. Uh, you know, we're looking, you already mentioned this earlier, uh, April 3rd, the semifinals, uh, followed by the final on May 15th. The semifinal is Fiorentina, Atalanta, and Juve, Lazio. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll talk about it, of course, as we get closer to that date. Now, to just briefly discuss the implications of Yildiz and his great play, right? Four starts, three goals. And in general, he's playing very well, right? Even when he's not scoring, he's all over the front. He's harassing the opposing de uh, defense constantly. Do you think, for instance, we we've, we're, when we're recording this, Juventus Sassuolo have yet, has yet to pl uh, you know play out? Do you think that Yildiz should start with a with Chiesa, let's say, right up front, or do you think Vlaovic and Yildiz play up front? I think that you need to find a way to have Vlaovic, Chiesa, and Yildiz in the same lineup. It shouldn't be just one of the other because right. you're leaving out one of your best players, regardless of yeah. those three that sits. Like Agreed. for me, Vlaovic and Chiesa are the two best players of those three. I get it. Yeah. The 18 year old is exciting. Like he's still got to earn his stripes. Right. And he will probably start in this game because Allegri is apparently hating uh, Chiesa now. Just wild. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, like just find a way to get all three in the game. Your best players need to be on the field. Um, but yeah, that's really the way I see it. That's well put. Yeah. I mean, uh, realistically, I completely agree with you. 
that'd be fantastic if if Allegri could like wake up and and just smell the roses, so to speak, and just you know be like, you know what, today I'm going to play Yildiz, Kiesa, and Vlavic up front. I think there'd be so many happy Juve fans out there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the odds of that happening are, though? None. Negative. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's the most right. frustrating thing because Yildiz can play more of like a second striker slash winger. Yeah build and Keza is a winger so it's just like mm. you have the mold to do that and yep. Vlavic can just be your nine like perfect yep just run those two just yeah it's just so it doesn't make any yeah. sense no it doesn't make any sense I mean and, and mind you uh, again I, I know it's against Frosinone and Sanitana I, I understand that right it'll be interesting to see how he would perform against an Inter, right? Against a, a better opponent, a Milan, a Roma, a Lazio, et cetera, right? However, it's you can't also take away from the performance, right? Because you still have to show up, you know, even if it is Sanitana, like these teams are not, they're not, you know, just peewee uh, league teams here. These are professional soccer teams and they still are plenty good at getting in your way. So the reality is the way he's been playing, I mean, that that was an incredible volley, right? To to, to be able to balance yourself uh, that well. And I uh, just want to shout out McKenney, by the way, because he did almost have a goal of like the season kind of kind of goal there uh, on top of that assist. So you got, you got to give it to him as well. He's playing really well, much better than I expected him to play um, this season. But... As far as Yildiz is concerned, who the heck knows what Allegri's got in store for him? It'll be an interesting uh, remaining, what, 18 weeks here, Robbie. We've got plenty of time left. Yeah, it'll be fun. And we've got Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League approaching very quickly on the horizon here. Yeah, a month out. That's right. So with that, thank you for joining us this week. And as always, follow us on socials. We're on Instagram. We're on X. We're on threads. We're on YouTube. Everywhere you can find us. Follow. Thank you for listening. That's right. Robbie, thank you for joining me this week. Thanks for having me. As always. (laughs) As always. Always, always, always follow Cacho. And uh, thank you for joining us. Have a nice week. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you.